zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey, the OutbreakChallenge.com has become sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. You can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, OutbreakChallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code ZOMBIERUN to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, ZOMBIERUN you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is zompocalypse now So nice to see how well-adjusted Maggie and Negan are after all this time, how much they've bonded, how much they are just the Christmas cards every year, the birthday presents they exchange. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, they could get that vaguely European guy who uh, who shows up this week to maybe do the, the uh, wedding ceremony because he looks like he's in charge of something. <laughs> Do you promise to take this man as your lawfully wedded wife and emotionally torment him for the rest of your days? Do you? Hmm? <sighs> <laughs> it's going to be all night. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Zompok. I do not know if you are aware, but I am from Sweden or some place is foreign. He, it's very definable. It's Croatian. It's in the name. Sometimes they call him the Croat. Why was it Swedish then? I don't know how this is. It is not obvious. Oh, that's what the crow meant. I thought they, thought it was Brandon Lee. No, it's Croat. It's Croatia. <laughs> oh my God, folks! This is the Zompocalypse. Well, well, we we just we. Welcome to the Zompocalypse Now podcast. Oh, no, you don't get to finish the Tim's life. I don't get to say it. His brains. <laughs> uh, hi there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to the Zompocalypse Now podcast. I am Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Curtis. And we are not talking about Fear the Walking Dead tonight. We needed a break from just this dumb season being dumb. And so we decided to see if maybe this new spinoff called Walking Dead Dark City isn't Dead City. Dead Get it City. right, Timothy. Right, right. Uh, Dark City is a different thing. Walking Dead, Dead City. Walking Dead, Dead City. Walking Dead, Dead. Walking, walking Dead, Dead. Walking Dead, Dead, Dead. Walking Dead, Dead. 
Walking Dead Dead City. This is the show with <laughs> Negan and Maggie. And this is set even further in the future because The Walking Dead loves the time jump. It loves the time jump like no other. Like, like fresh baked breads. Oh, God. It's just. Like, yeah. Anyway, so there's a time jump and we're in the future. Things have changed, but things have not changed because it's The Walking Dead and everything is always terrible. But now it's terrible in New York. New York. New and, York. and in fun. Uh, I felt okay. There were some things that I enjoyed about this new universe in which we find ourselves in this new world of The Walking Dead mm -hmm. that supposedly several years later. Mm -hmm. um, there were some things that I found very interesting, but we will get into those as we get to them. Okay. Uh, I have mixed feelings about this episode. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously. It's true. That is sort of the default state for any of these shows, isn't it? Even even when it's good, we're like, you know, I liked it, but <laughs> I have a question. Uh, did you guys get a like a major I Am Legend vibe here? See, the problem with I Am Legend is that they have never done an accurate adaptation of it. That's fair enough, but they were undead all the same. Well, okay, so the first one was undead. The first one with Vincent okay. Price is the closest one you Vampires get. are still zombies. No. Mm, yes, they are undead, just like a zombie. They died, then they came back to kill people. So, zombie. I know, blood-sucking zombie, but whatever. But you're going to end up with a zombie story in New York at this point. Yes, it's going to have shades of I Am Legend because they turned it into a zombie movie. Right, right. Well, a lot of the visuals that kind of set the scene of the abandoned zombie city were very much in line with the visual kind of information we got in I Am Legend with Will Smith. I'm not saying they ripped it off. I'm just saying I've seen that before. Where do we want to start? So That's The good part. So Maggie is sitting on the pier looking across at New York City and she has her spyglass and she like observes certain things and then she goes like she goes down to like the waterfront and sees a bunch of walkers milling about the place and she's like well sh shit and uh then she hears some walkers coming and so she hides under a thing but she I guess doesn't hide quick enough because one of those walkers crawls up next to her and is like hey how you doing uh would would you like it if I nibbled on your toesies just a tiny little bit and uh, of course then Maggie Maggie jumps in and screams and and bashes his brains in but unfortunately the screams draw the other walkers who are in the background of the shot as she's screaming and bashing this walker's head in and those walkers then descend on Maggie and consume her and the show is over within the first 5 minutes that's how Maggie meets her end. Basically, it's a it's a zombie blender for her, you know. All right, and then we all go to bed early, and it's lovely. That's what should have happened. Yeah, that's not. Right. That's no. not what happened. That's, that's what should have happened. Um, but we do get some very nice new ex opening credits, which I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's you know how Walking Dead does their little montage of animated kind of uh, you know their thing that they do. 
Yeah. And this will, I like the way the, the opening credits like evolve throughout the seasons. They give you more different information as things happen in the show. It's pretty cool right. how they do that. It's like a little recap if you're paying attention. So Maggie goes back to a little hotel and bar that she, I guess, uh, knew about. And she flirts with the bartender a little bit and it's like, hey, I live in a cabin not too far from here, but I have a woodsy bootsy walker problem. Do you know how I can fix my woodsy bootsy walker problem? And the bartender's like, well, yeah, we've got a guy here that is hiding from the law. And he's uh, in one of these cabins, and he's can walk, kill your walkers all for you. Then um, that girl who's on Picard comes up, and she's like, uh, "We don't like you around here asking all these questions." And Maggie's like, "I guess I gotta go to the bathroom now." And instead, she like sneaks off to try and find who is obviously Megan, um, who has. Uh, Look, I just got done watching Picard, right? I'm all caught up. And uh, I can tell you I can tell you for a fact that woman who plays Seven's girlfriend in Picard did not even change her hairstyle for this. It's like she just walked across the hall. I don't know, Curtis. We we live in hell. We live in hell and it consists of bad zombie television shows. Who would have thought that zombie television shows would be the thing that would be our eternal punishment? But yet here we are. Like, it's, I don't understand it any more than you understand it. Like, nothing that we do is going to stop the, ev- the ever increasing tide of zombie television shows from AMC to torture us with. All we can do is educate people. If we think of our purgatory here as as a opportunity, uh, if we change our mindscape a little, perhaps. Nope. Nope. We're always going to hate zombies. Yep. <laughs> so, so Maggie sneaks out, right? Yeah. She goes to try and find Negan in this place because we know she's looking for Negan. Why do we have to pretend she's not looking for Negan? And she she sneaks into a room where there's a shower running, but is it she's immediately beset on burly guards who are Seven of Nine's girlfriend has brought in to catch her. And there she's like, I'm gonna send you a message to send to Garcia or something like that. It doesn't matter. None of this plot that is being developed with this bar owner slash brothel owner slash seven of nine's girlfriend, none of it matters. And I'm so irritated because I was so hoping that it was she was going to matter because she's like been on shows and stuff like that. And they feed her to walkers like 15 minutes of the episode. Uh, spoiler for 15 minutes from now. Uh, so Maggie escapes these bad heavy tufts that Seven of Nine's girlfriend has attacking her and she gets in her truck and she's driving away and she sees Negan and a little girl and she gets Negan and the little girl into her truck and they drive away. And at first Negan's like, oh, hey, Maggie, how's it going? What's going on? And Maggie's all like, 
I'm not going to talk to you because you killed my husband. <laughs> and Negan's like, this again? And I love that he called it out, that somebody called it out. Because right. these two ended, the way we, the ending we got for them, I thought perfectly set up a mismatched, like, buddy cop excursion into New York for us. Because Maggie ends her relationship with Negan in Walking Dead by saying, I'll never like you, I, but I know I can trust you. You're someone I can look to and turn to if I need something done. Because, And I can trust you with the life of my son. So that means something to me. Right. And I'll, she's, I'll never forgive you, but yes, it was a good place for them to end. On one level, the fact that she needs Negan, I can see upsetting her a lot. Just because you've reached that point that you know that this person can be relied on doesn't mean you want to rely on them. So I could get her being angry. But yeah, it's like, did we did we rewind? I mean, we're in the future, but we seem to have stepped back into about halfway through the last season of The Walking Dead in terms of their relationship. And and Negan says, says something about it. He's like, hey, I thought we were, like, not cool, but I thought we had made it past this. And she was like, we'll never make it. We'll never make it past this. Which, of course, means we're going to get a whole nother 13 or 6 or however many episodes this show ends up being of her learning to trust Negan again which is going to be extremely irritating. Well, and and she's she starts something that she'll continue throughout the episode, which is sort of this needling of him, which is, where's your wife and kid? On a narrative sense, I get that he doesn't answer her right away. They're saving that for the in heart, heart-to-heart discussion later in the season. I get it. But it really kind of ticked me off. You're saving this for later. It's a writing trick. It's not a, It's not a how people talk to each other trick. The script requires that he doesn't doesn't tell her at this point. And it just really irritated me. I just hate so much that it's like they're going to fridge this. They're still going to fridge her. I mean, either 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 she and that baby died in some horrible way. And it made him turn to this roving life of, you know, whatever. Or they got on a bus and shuffled off somewhere. Either way, it. It's, it amounts to the same thing. I, here's my prediction. She died in childbirth. The baby died with her. Negan decided to wander the world like Kung Fu. Well, except for I feel like they've uh, they've given us a little bit of foreshadowing with the fact that he's on the run for killing a magistrate. So I think that might have something to do with possibly. his yeah, with her death. I'm, I'm sure she's dead, too. I doubt very seriously that he's going to be like, oh, well, you know, after several years of, of, of wedded bliss, we began to grow apart. And she decided to stay in, in the settlement in Lexington. And I decided to roan in my way across the country. Well, he's also lone wolfing and cubbing it, too, as we, if we want to yeah. keep going with these, because now he's got a little he's got a teenager in tow. Another one. Who the hell is that? She got fucking refrigerated immediately. Oh, but but we watched. We just met her, and then they went and stopped her somewhere. Well, but But then we get we got in the in the this season on on Dead City trailer at the end of the episode, where we see her again. So she's coming back because you know what happens when you are when you are a child in the Walking Dead universe. 
is that you set off on your own to find whatever father or mother figure you have in this world. So she will somehow, based on the, on the little teaser trailer, she's making her way to New York City because this is a thing that she knows how to do. Do you want to do the map thing now or do you want to wait till later? Okay, so here's, here's the one thing I will say about do- the map thing. We don't know where this show takes place, but it's somewhere down the Hudson because Maggie goes up the Hudson to... So they are somewhere in the state of New York. At this point, that is the only thing I can tell you. Which is not terribly unreasonable since Alexandria is in Virginia. Right. This is not that far to New York. And the thing is, is if if most of this show takes place in New York City, the only problem they're going to have is, I've been to New York City, and they filmed this show in New York City. I have a little bit of an idea how to get around the city and how long it takes. So that'll be fun because I'm pretty sure that the arc, the uh, the street layout of The Walking Dead's New York City is not going to resemble reality. But oh well, it's been long enough that uh, that I think that they're probably not going to be like looking for for Macy's or nothing. You know, they're not going to go to Thirty Rock. Right, probably not. Yeah. I hated this episode. <laughs> I hated it because, okay, because then Maggie is like, we were righted. We were righted and they took my son. And and Negan's like, okay, so what makes you think that I can help you? And then she brings out the fact that the guy who kidnapped her son uh, whistled that, that the savior whistle. When they got there, when he when he had them all cornered and stuff, and so Negan's like, "Uh oh, it's one of mine from back in the day." Then he go, then okay, then he's like, "I will help you find your son, but you have to take my ward." Hold on, hold on. <clears throat> she says he's the Croat, and he's like, "Am I supposed to know who that is?" And then she says, "Does the whole whistle thing," and he's like, "Oh, that Croat." And, oh, if he's got your son, you know your son's probably dead, right? Because he was, of, of all the psychos who worked for me, he was really, really crazy. Now, we did not actually see this character at any point in our experience with the saviors on The Walking Dead. So I don't know how they're going to hand wave that away. So Maggie's like, so Negan is like, you still have all that stuff Hilltop had, like schools and shit? <laughs> And Maggie's like, well, yeah, I guess so. And she's like, and so Maggie, or so Negan goes, if you take my young ward, I'll help you get your son. And so they drive five minutes into the woods, and Maggie shoots off a flare gun, and the lady comes, and she's like, he, Negan's like, this is nowhere near where where Hilltop used to be. And she's like, oh, we had to make some changes. We had to move or something so that we could make this happen. Oh, yeah. She and said, uh, we had to we had to move because yeah, par- partially because the place burned down, you know, like you helped with. <laughs> and he's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Maggie. And OK, this is where we have to discuss the Avengers. OK. Hooray. 
Because there's a huge problem in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because there's the Avengers movies and they come out like every three or four years, the Avengers movies, and interspersed in between are Iron Man movies and Ant-Man movies and, you know, Thor movies and whatever. And occasionally there will be a problem in one of those little movies, like the Ant-Man movies are really bad for this. Where it's like, okay, I'm Stephen Leg. Um, why am I not calling the Avengers to handle this problem? And it's the same thing here. Okay, Maggie, you might not live in the Commonwealth anymore for whatever reason, but I'm sure if you went and knocked on that big iron gate, Carol would give you a couple of dudes to go to New York with you. Oh, Carol would go with her and Carol exactly would bring the wrath of God with her because it's Carol. Your your choice does not have to be Negan. There's 30 other main characters from the flagship show who would be more than happy to go on this trip with you. Yeah, I bet that guy who played the little preacher in that show, I bet he's like super pissed off that he didn't get a spinoff. The logic appears to be at this point is that because the Croat worked for Negan, then Negan would be the best person to fight the Croat. Even that, why don't you also bring Carol? Right. I mean, why don't you also? He doesn't need to be a two... I mean... Why don't you call the Avengers? Why are we not calling the Avengers for this? This is an Avengers-level threat. The Avengers should be involved. But they're not. It's Maggie and Negan. Yeah, because, I mean, the premise here is that New York was the epicenter, or one of the epicenters, because, of course, it's high, high population density. All the cities were death traps, but New York... Manhattan is an island. The government blew the bridges to stop the spread. It didn't work, but it's an island full of dead people. Why Why is this such a tiny group of people? It's Avengers problem, very real in this show. So then we get introduced to our, I guess, our secondary villain slash probably a reluctant partner, uh, this m- Marshall whose name is something dumb like Pokey. Pokey Joe, the marshal. And uh, he's got two little dudes with him, little Timmy and Cannon Fodder. Okay, his and name is Armstrong. Pearly, Pearly Armstrong. So yes. Pearly, Pearly Pokey, same difference. Okay, and uh, yes, there is a, he's got, he's got his, uh, I just got on the job. My voice has just changed a bit, my... My testicles have just dropped, and I am I am but a babe in the woods. And let's, and let's go distribute some justice, you guys. Okay, he's he's older than that, but he's basically playing the rookie. And 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 folks, this is a rookie in the same way that it's the flip side of that, which is I'm two weeks away from retirement. Yeah, he is so and clearly one of those, zombie fodder. Right, and it's one of those things where it's like. Have you, you, okay, now we we have to switch now, unfortunately, for this show to, um, to Herschel Greenwich Meantime, because we see Herschel and he looks about 13 or 14 years old. And he was born about two years after the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. 
give or take two years, somewhere in there, maybe 16, 18 months, right? So that means that the zombie apocalypse for this show is happening, has been happening for about 16 years, which part of me really likes because we get to see that there are some certain things that are flourishing again. We got a brothel in the middle of nowhere, a brothel and a bar in the a, middle of nowhere. A brothel, people... a bar, a motel with rooms yeah. being rented out. We have yeah. we have a we have a functional law enforcement. Yeah, a generator. They have a generator with you know stuff going on. Like the world has started to maybe move back on a little bit. Lil Timmy acts like it's his first day of the apocalypse. He is maybe 23 or 20, like in his 20s. He's gotta be, mm-hmm. but he acts like he has never seen anything like this before. And it is so obvious. Like, well, you're obviously not going to make it to the end of this episode. You know, it's just not even worth it to look at you. But anyway, Pearl Pokey comes into the bar and it's like seven of nine's girlfriend. Come over here real quick. And uh, and she goes over there. That's Michelle Hurd for you kids at home. That's the actual name of the actress. Doesn't matter. She's dead in five minutes. We're getting there. And he's like, do you know where Negan is? And she's like, I don't know where Negan is. And he said, okay, well, you know, because of all this shit you're doing uh, that's illegal, well, I'm going to have to feed you to the walkers, right? And she's like, no, don't feed me to the walkers. A lady came and got Negan and took him away. And and he's like, oh, okay, I won't feed you to the walkers for all the, like, whoring and alcohol and all that stuff you got going on. Uh, but I will feed you to the walkers for aiding and abetting criminals escape. <laughs> and then he feeds seven and nine's girlfriend to the walkers. And it's like, well, you know, that was worth literally nothing. Well, and uh, that before that though, we get him basically telling us kind of why Negan is wanted by the marshals. He, ki- he killed one of us. He killed a marshal and four other people. And then, and then we get the first of a number of times that we will recount the death of Glenn in this episode. Mm. And yet I'm wondering how he came to know this story. Who told him that Negan killed a, a, a husband in front of his pregnant wife? Who told him that story? It might be known. It might just be a a known legend of the land. Why? I don't know, Tim. I didn't write it. I want answers, Dustin. Give them to me. Um, Okay, well, let's no-prize this out a little bit. (laughs) So um, Negan is a very charismatic 'er ne'er-do-well, right? Sure, sure. And we know that the saviors, not all of the saviors, ended up integrating themselves into Alexandria at the end of the war. We know many of them left and spread out around the area. So let's assume that in uh, the uh, nine years since the Savior War... Saviors have moved out from Virginia and kind of Johnny Apple seeded out this Negan saga. 
Okay, potentially. Sure, sure. So, because, you know, so people know this story. It's a known story. It's kind of like Billy the Kid or, you know, uh, Bonnie and Clyde were famous criminals and we romanticized them. Maybe that's where we've, we've got. Like, Negan's a real guy. He really, you know, is wanted for these real crimes. And also, he killed a bear with his bare hands and he chopped out a tree in one swing. Tom the Wolverine just by grinning at it. Davy. Right. Davy Crockett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. <laughs> so let's just say that's it. Negan's okay. a famous criminal ne'er do well. Who um who somehow manages to avoid being caught every time he turns around. So right. yes. Okay. Fair enough. That we'll we'll go with that. I'm I'm curious if this will come up later. It seems like a very detailed thing. And again, we will get a re, we will get a number of references to Glenn's death throughout this episode. A, a, a lot, a lot, a lot of them. Glenn is Glenn is a very, very important character in this episode who only appears to get his head bashed in because we all needed to see that scene again. Right. I think there was I think there was a functionality to that that I could appreciate and and that is uh we spent a lot of uh last season of Walking Dead understanding that Maggie was coming to terms with her husband's death and her relationship with Negan which was necessity right? that she's not over it and that's what they wanted us to know apparently. I can agree with that. Yeah. And so this revisiting of it kind of refreshes it in our minds as the audience about how brutal it was. Right. Because people quit watching the show after that. Mm -hmm. Like people were like, nope, I'm not, I can't anymore with this show uh, because it was so graphic and brutal. That is absolutely true. Uh, In fact, that is exactly the episode where I stopped watching for a couple of years until you guys said, Hey, it's the apocalypse. Let's do the podcast with you some more. And then that's when I came back. Now, back in our real world, Negan and Maggie are getting ready to cross the river to get to the Island of New York. And just on accident, Maggie notices that Pokey and his crew have arrived around, like right around the same area where they are about to disembark. And so doing what any good person with who wants to get uh, a, a jump on her possible enemy, she uh, goes and attacks and kidnaps little Timmy while he's taking a urination break. And poor little Timmy he doesn't know what to do. And and so he gets put on the boat with Negan and Maggie. And Pokey is going to shoot at him. But but Maggie's got little Timmy standing up in the back so that he... Pokey can't shoot little Timmy. It would be really fucked up if Pokey shot little Timmy. There is absolutely no reason, folks, why Dustin is emphasizing that. No reason whatsoever. <laughs> so... So they get to the city and they're oh, walking no. around. No, 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 no. Before they before they get to the right. city, they're on the boat and and she's, oh, like, right. she's like, "Empty out your pockets." And he's like, "They don't they don't give us a gun until we've been a, a a marshal for three months." And I'm like, "That's incredibly stupid." 
But anyway, she goes, well, what's in your pocket? And he pulls out a little bottle of pills. And she goes, he goes, they're for my grandma because she's sick. She's not my real grandma. She's just a lady who took care of me and raised me. And Negan's like, shut up. <laughs> little Timmy, come on. He's like, and he grabs him. He's going to throw him overboard. And Maggie's like, what are you doing? And he's like, um, he's just trying to manipulate us. We don't actually need him. He's kind of in the way. And, and the kid's like, don't throw me at the water. And Negan's like, oh, come on. It's not that far back to shore. You can dog paddle. What they don't show you is the water. They show you the water in and when the boat starts to move again, and it's full of zombies. So Negan's like, it's not that far you can dog paddle. It's like, okay, yeah, but. <laughs> and I have to tell you, at this point in the show, I was kind of warming up to little Timmy. I have to tell you, because I was like, you know what? This is a cute dynamic. I really, it really felt like, you know, when you're playing D&D, and uh, your characters like uh, have to like kidnap a guard right, to yeah. get into something, go somewhere, and then you end up accidentally just keeping this guard with you. Right. And yeah. the next thing you know, he's an NPC that is just following your group around, like occasionally trying to escape, occasionally giving you helpful hints or something. Right. But it's just like you, we, I played a, a game where we played, it was an evil run. It was a one shot evil run. We played goblins. We had to go and like raid, like raid a city for some jewel or something. It was so much fun. But we accidentally kidnapped this guard that we ended up bringing all the way back with us. Like he, he ended up living with us. It was, it was hilarious. And so in a way at this point, when it was like little Timmy has a grandma, I was like, I could see them wanting to keep little Timmy around for dramatic, for, for comic relief purposes, because how hilarious would it be to have Negan being like, Oh my God, can we just drop this dude? Can I kill him or just like send him away or whatever? And Maggie being like, it's too late now. He's been here this whole time. And little Timmy being like, that's okay. I'm just going to stand here in the background and be useless. You know, I would have kind of liked it a little. He's like the Gilligan of the show. Yeah, it would be nice. It would have been fun. I think it would have been cute. But so they get to the they get to oh, New oh, York and they're nope, walking around. Wait, hang on. This <sighs> is where this is where we have the you killed my husband. And yeah. Negan's like, Maggie, it was a long time ago. <laughs> we have been through, we've had this conversation before. And he's, he's like, you killed my husband. He's like, Maggie, how many husbands and fathers have you killed? Yeah, I'm yeah. not, you, I don't understand why you keep thinking I'm the bad guy. Because I'm not the bad guy. And if I am the bad guy, I have news. We all are the bad guy. Nobody gets over what I went through. And he's like, oh, for the love of God, just yeah. drive the boat, Maggie. Come on. And then they go to New York. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and one of the things that I kind of like is they acknowledge the walkers falling out of the sky for the first time ever. <laughs> so, folks, if you cast your mind all the way, go all the way back in time to when this was a written review thing on, on, on a different website doing its own thing. And the concept of the walker from the sky 
and the teleporting walker and all these amazing things that the walking dead would use to surprise our heroes because they're standing in the middle of an empty field and they do a 360 and you can see they're all alone and the camera circles back around and there's a walker standing next to them because that's how the logic works on this show and on these shows and I think the first time it was Dustin, Dustin might have actually said something like the walker fell straight from the sky or, you know, <laughs> or, or they, they're like standing next to a tree and suddenly a walker hand come like, comes like down from the tree. It's like, we saw the show. How did that walker get in that tree? And so it's like, it's like walkers from the sky. We predicted this 10 years ago or whatever. But what really, what, what really is happening is uh, that the walkers are being drawn by Negan and Maggie and Little Timmy's noise to walk out of windows in these buildings where they have been for 16 years. I don't want to get into it about how easy, easy, easy it would be to clean up an island full of zombies, even millions and millions of zombies, using this exact method. It's outlined in the book World War Z. Well, there's the, there's a couple of things that we notice right off the bat, is that there are not as many walkers as there should be. Right. Because the streets are remarkably empty, and this is freaking our, our folks out, because they should be seeing a lot of walkers, and they're not. I got the impression that the walkers falling from the sky were things that were actually being somehow encouraged because we get an image of, we, we see somebody who's looking down on our heroes as the zombies are falling, who is clearly watching them. Yeah. And so I was, I wonder perhaps if this is not like a technique that somewhere this is, you know, and it very much did look like because they, when they stop, they get underneath an, an awning at a building and they're hiding uh, from the walkers who are falling out of the buildings. And then all of a sudden, in a very cool shot, walkers walk up to this glass door that they're all standing in front of. And I get the feeling also that maybe walkers have been placed in these buildings, like these buildings have been intentionally filled. Mm. Uh, but so they end up running getting under some scaffolding where they are safe from the deluge of walkers. Unfortunately, that's the time that Pokey and Cannon Fodder show up. And so uh, little Timmy and Maggie and Negan escape into this, like a hell's dry cleaner, like the biggest, scariest laundromat that I have ever seen huge racks of clothes on the plat with the plastic over them. And uh, so Megan and Negan and little Timmy go running into the back of the laundromat. I think I should mention that it's actually a dry cleaner and not a laundromat, but it makes no difference for the purpose of this discussion. When Pokey and Cannafodder come in and Pokey is like, Hey, guard the door. I'm going to go find these guys. And then Pokey does the dumbest character monologue, <laughs> the dumbest introduction monologue. Like, if I were Maggie, I would not have gone out to this guy's monologue either. Because he's like, hi, my name's Pokey. I'm from Devil's Kettle. 
I have a wife and three daughters. I don't drink and I don't smoke. I enjoy long walks on the beach and my ties in the sand dunes. Pork stew. Yeah. Please come out and tell me why you decided to take my criminal away. Because I just want to, you know, kill him. Why did you, why did you kidnap my little deputy, little Timmy? He's just such a sweet little puppy. And I'm just like, shut up, Pokey. Nobody cares. You get six episodes, maybe. Yeah. You know, uh, going back in time a little bit, you remember the, the one part where they're back at the bar and he says, he's so guilty. He's so super guilty that we're going to hang him upside down by his feet and we're going to split him from groin to his forehead. Remember that? I used to work in a place where we had a special saw. It was a big electric saw. It was designed specifically to cut things in half lengthwise. Animals, I mean. It was so super good at its job. It would just go, and then there you'd go. Half an animal on one side of the room and the other half on the other side of the room. Well, yeah, I can believe that they'd do that. But they, then he said he's going to do it super slow. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to use one of them saws if you're going to do that, it slow. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's one of the kills from the first Terrifier, isn't it? I think so. It doesn't matter. Those movies are terrible. I didn't see that one, I don't think. I, I, I think it is. Anyway, he's trying to do hostage negotiation thing here, right? He's doing the, mm-hmm. he's, do, he's doing the, hey, I'm just an ordinary guy just doing a job. I'm just looking for information and explanations. And come on now, if if you just come out and talk to me, everything's going to be fine. It worked out well for Michelle Hurd, but it's, you know, everything's going to be okay. I just want to understand. And if you don't come out, I'm not going to care what your reason is. Yeah. So it's, it's, the, it's the carrot and the stick. Our marshal is working overtime being both good cop and bad cop. Right. Yes. Well, because because cannon fodder is useless cop, and little Timmy is <laughs> about to very cop. much be dead cop. Because the very, very next thing that happens, like apparently little Timmy and Negan are like together. And I don't know exactly what happens. So he's got the you've got the rack of these these dry cleaning racks. And and our, our 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 doomed deputy is like moving through them, and one of them has uh, a walker stuck to it or stuck in it or something, and it attacks him. And we get a walker with like a really long tongue, and he's it's just got a mouse. It's got a mouse in its mouth. Oh, is that what that is? Um, I thought like a oh, mouse anyways. or a- yeah. We see a rat tail kind of disappear down its throat. And this kid's getting goo all over his face and he's freaking out, making lots of noise, by the way. Good thing there's no walkers in here um, or that the uh, our our lawman is apparently deaf because they are making all kinds of noise. And because he's screaming and Negan's come over like, Jesus Christ, kid. And he dabs the walker in the head. The kid stands up. Pokey shoots him right full in the head. As Negan's standing there next to him and like looks over at Pokey and Pokey and him like share a moment of like, oh, well, that wasn't that was was oopsie doodles. And then Negan goes running off. The look, the look on our Marshall's face is pretty priceless. 
I mean, oh, it, and I felt bad for little Tibby there for a second. Oh, sure. But but we knew he was going to die. We just didn't know he right. was going to die in friendly fire. And it only was for a second because yeah. literally the very next thing that happens is that the doors open and cannon fodder, the other marshal, just stands there and watches while walkers attack him. Like he does not move. He does not take a single step away from his mark. He is immediately overcome and devoured by walkers. Like, like the doors open. He goes, what the what? And then they are on him. He is not necessary to the plot. He exists purely to die in this scene. And that's fine. I'm sure his name was said at some point, but I don't know what it is. And it doesn't matter. Pokey is running around and he ends up actually catching Maggie. They um, get in a tussle and he's like going to choke her out. Uh, but then he, she tells him that the need, reason she needs Negan is to save her son. I just want to reiterate from before that Maggie doesn't need Negan to get her son back. She needs Carol. But we can't have Carol because she's done. He presses harder. He's yeah. Got, he's got his rifle and he's pressing down on her chest, trying to cut off her air. And she's like, yeah, I need him to help my, find my son. And he doesn't even say, I don't care. He doesn't even give us the fugitive moment. He, yeah. just, he just keeps pressing down. And she's like, well, screw you then. And I guess her necklace is sharp because. Yeah, she gets, she somehow, she, she uses her feminine wiles to escape. We'll just say that. Something she happens. She doesn't kill him. She, she's got the rifle above his head. She's going to bash his skull in. And then Negan steps out. And he doesn't say a word. Because and, of all the character, the plot armor that Pokey got just moments earlier by being like, I'm a dedicated wife and husband to this little lady. And, and well, I've got three little daughters and I like to eat pork. I got less that and more that this is just another person that ne that Maggie's going to kill. And Negan just recently sat there and went, your hands are so clean, aren't they? Right. Well, no, it's the same, but it's the same thing. Like we got all of that information about Pokey because we needed to know that he was a, a husband and father because of the thing that Negan said on the boat. That's just beating it in. I think that Negan's do, Negan standing there would have stopped her from doing it anyway. Oh, whatever. Then she does a dumb thing, which is he's lying on the ground. She's got his rifle and she throws it on the ground and leaves it behind. Yeah. In a city like New York, a, a rifle is just going to be in your way, honestly. You don't want to bring down the potentially millions and millions of walkers on your head. You're, this is a stealth mission. You don't need a rifle. They have, blown the, they have blown the stealth part already. It's solid snake rules, guys. It always has been. All they have to do is go around a corner and wait 30 seconds, and all of the bad guys will, will reset, and they will be back in stealth mode. Okay, fair. Fair, fair. You know, there's, there's one thing I think you guys might have missed or glossed over or something, but when that zombie pops out from in between the clothes in the, in the dry cleaner, and it's got, like, plastic bag or wrapped in something... That's a suicide. Somebody put a plastic bag on their head, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I like the way they flavor some of these zombies to you can so you can suss out the way they died. And it, it's a little tiny little mini story like they do. They do this shit in video games where you're like, I'm going to go explore this hut. 
and then you see bodies laying everywhere and there's a little note or something. You know, it's like that. I, I appreciate that. I like it. Right. Well, and then, yeah, that, that would make sense. We'll probably see more of those um, as mm-hmm. we go through the city. Uh, well, so Negan and Maggie go running off and they go running down this corridor and they are met abruptly by an old woman who is very clearly the woman that was watching them from the rooftops. And she like snuffs out their light. And then we cut to a scene with Lil Herschel and one of my favorite, favorite character actors ever. He's Aleko Ivanek. He has been in so much stuff and played so many different crazy characters. Every time I see him, I'm excited to see him. He is he is an expert at playing. Wasn't he on Firefly? Um, I seem to remember him uh, early in season one and then becoming kind of a recurring villain. I think he's in two episodes. Well, didn't that happen? He's been in so many things. He is he is literally one of the hardest working character actors. He's got the distinctive look. Uh, he's been in True Blood. He's been in a ton of movies. Um, he's been in L.A. Law x-files i mean he's been he's you've seen you've seen him for years he's just one of those great character actors and he is somebody who can play incredibly creepy incredibly well and then in a dime turn around and play someone who's really nice yeah or funny or like he is so great every time that i see him in something i'm like this is gonna be fun we're gonna have a good time incredible stage act one of the mental notes i made was uh here we have this vaguely european new villain and you know it's it's second well it's ninth verse same as the first as far as villains go but i like this one and do you know why because he's evil european kind of I, i don't even know but He's got an accent, which makes it better. Mm-hmm. He's not really doing anything different from any of the other villains or anything like that, but it does seem like he's not afraid to put something in your butt. And that's what makes him creepy. Mm-hmm. His family is, he actually has family who's from Croatia. So it would not surprise me if this accent is actually at least somewhere in the vicinity of how it's supposed to sound. Oh, I'm sure he's fucking nailing it, but still. So him and him and Herschel have this conversation. Like he acts like he was there when Glenn was killed. Like right. he acts like the way he talks about it was like, I was there the when you know, do you know your father? killer was with your community for all this time and like they do something really interesting with herschel that i really liked why are you talking to me about all of this stuff is this why you brought me to new york (laughs) (laughs) which is not something we have seen from one of our kids yet they've always just been like too earnest for words i got the impression that herschel knew who Negan was in that last season. Herschel knows exactly who Negan is. They sat down together and he was like, I'm sure sorry I killed your dad. I guess that means someday you're going to want to kill me, but I'm glad it's not today or whatever the fuck the conversation was. I I did too. And, and I feel like this, and we talked about how just sort of not really there, the kid who was playing Herschel, the younger Herschel, he was yeah. kind of just, 
physically there, but it didn't. It he, there was, wasn't a whole lot of character to Herschel. Mm-hmm. This this is a teenager who is clearly scared, but also clearly not willing to sit there and you know he he knows how bad the situation he's in. Maggie raised him. Right. But, but he is not going to sit there and cower. Oh, he'll start cowering when creepy European guy brings out the knife that looks like the giant fish hook in Moana. Right. They are interrupted because someone has escaped from the torture rooms that the Croatian has. And they go up on the roof and it's this guy trying to find a way to escape from the roof. And and it's like, hey, just come on down. Like, look, seriously, all you got to do is tell me some stuff about your community. I'm not even going to try to attempt the accent. I might right. next week. We'll see. So just come on down. It'll be fine. Um, and the guy's like running around, running around. He's not, he's not listening. And finally he gets to the top of the building where there's like a zip cord sort of situation hooked up. And he hooks his little uh, handholds onto the zip cord and – uh, on a very thick, uh, looks like three, four inch thick wire cable goes zip lining down away from, from the Croatian and all of his little guys. And so the Croatian takes out some pruning shears that I wouldn't even use to try and trim back a rose bush in my backyard and reaches up and just snips this three, four thick wire like it's nothing. And watches this guy fall to the ground. And then he goes up 21 stories. It's a new record, right, you guys? And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> There's something so satisfyingly cathartic about watching a television psycho murder a completely innocent in a very unique way. You got to get behind that. Well, <laughs> but I think, I think there's a couple of things to consider here. One is that he may be psycho, but he's clearly very smart. Even though we've seen it happen a lot on The Walking Dead, psychos don't actually end up running communities. Not yeah. at this, not at this scale, right? They just don't. They, they they do in the Walking Dead world because that's what every community leader, aside from our heroes, is. But um, he's clearly clever and he is funny, which is not surprising considering the actor. If I'm not going to get upset about the fact that gasoline and radios and mileage doesn't work right in the Walking Dead universe, wire cutters aren't going to be my aren't going to do it for you. They're not. They're not going to break the camel's back. My back. I I have been in rehab for the broken camel that is my back. For your, your camel's back is only stronger because of this show. That's right. That's right. Uh, because yeah, just you you can't you can't. Otherwise, you'll go mad. It's not like I haven't kept my sanity all this time. <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of the episode. I didn't hate it. I wanted to enjoy it more than I did. Because I like these actors. I like these actors a lot. I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Warren Cohen, Zlinko Ivanek. These are fantastic actors. These are Negan and Maggie's chemistry as reluctant allies works it works really well and i did like watching negan go maggie mm-hmm. come on <laughs> because what he was is your for problem? us at that moment he he 
was speaking for Zompocalypse Now at that moment. He was <laughs> us. And I love that about him because at that a, moment. It is as though he sees us. He might, I, fuck, he might listen to this show. You never know. We Jeffrey, have like over 30 listeners. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, if you are listening to this show, yes, we have been a little hard on the shows of the Walking Dead universe. Don't apologize. He'll see it as weakness. I'd say we were doing it out of love, but if you've listened to the show, you know that's not true. We have always said that Lauren Cohen is, is fantastic. I don't mean to be a contrarian, but I never said that. I think her accent's terrible. And even when Dustin really wanted to drown you in a well, your performance as Negan has always been fantastic. Right. You're supposed to want to drown Negan in a well for most of the time he's been on screen. But that said, we would love to have you on the show. We'd love to have both. We'd love to have all of you on the show. So I'm just saying, if somehow you hear this episode, or maybe you're one of our, you know, subscribers through one of the, the various podcast hosts, we'd be happy to have you. Just saying. This has been Timothy, Timothy's uh, Fantasy Corner, <laughs> where he imagines that anyone listens. Did we, did we not have Mo Collins on the show? We did. We did have Mo Collins on the show. I'm just saying, it's not impossible. It's highly And we have had two really, really good comic book writers on the show this summer I'm already. I'm just saying it's not impossible. You're saying there's a chance. Hey, if you want to be on this show, just let us know. That's right. That is an invitation that I am happy to extend to anyone listening. Just any old buddy. <laughs> just call, yeah, just call us at 1-800-Zom-Pocalypse-Watching-Shows. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will tell you what, though. Um, this for the, for the flaws of this episode, it, it's not anywhere near as dumb as Fear the Walking Dead has been. I cannot, okay, now that we've done a little bit of a palate cleanser, I think I'm ready to go back and watch them ride around with Grace on a boat while she slowly dies from walk bite. <laughs> I think I'm ready to go uh, back for that. Because you know, you know that once Grace dies, we can always come back to New York. Right. Because we had, Strand isn't even appeared on this show yet. We are like five episodes into this season and Strand is nowhere to be seen. If Coleman Domingo died off screen, I'm going to be pissed. We all know that all of the interesting stuff on this show happens somewhere over there in the past off camera. Like uh, Maggie mentioned that her place got raided. Wouldn't that have been great to see? But no, it happened over there. You know how much it costs to film in New York City? They had to oh, save fucking. They they've been throwing money away on this thing for years. Fuck and it. you know they're <laughs> just in Atlanta. No, they're not for most of this stuff. No, they're not. They're for for New the New York. They shot it in New York. Those were real New York New York locations. The restaurant with the with the the zombies behind them. That's a very well-known restaurant in New York City. It's in the middle of a major lawsuit right now. That's been the restaurant's been closed for years. It's like this big public brouhaha. Um, wow! But it is um, the scaffolding. If you've been to New York City, that stuff is everywhere. Uh, they are all. There's always some building that's like this. Wasn't this being worked on like 20 years ago? Yes, yes, it has been. 
there's actually a law for filming in New York City that if you put a tripod down, if if a tripod touches the ground, you got you have to have a permit. So independent yep. filmmakers and and studios will not shoot with tripods. That'll they'll have the you know they'll all be handheld, or it'll be on you know if they don't want to if they don't want to pay that they don't want to get those permits right. But of course you know AMC's got money they'll they'll pay for the permits. But the police will just pretend like they aren't aware of that law, and if they see you with the camera out, they'll just be like, take it up with the courts now. Give me fifty bucks and I'll go away because blue lives. So anyway, yeah, I'm. I don't hate it. Um, I'll, we'll see where it goes. It's a little. It's a little disappointing that we're 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 playing the same old hits, and and it's been years, people. I know it. I know it's rough, Maggie. For the love of God, it's nice. It's nice to see these two playing off each other, though. Given my expectations for this show so far, I'm okay with the start. I kind of like it. It's okay. I don't like that the whole crux of the show is she has to rescue her kid. I thought I think that's, you know, I would. That's I pretty think easy. I would really love it if if there were a Walking Dead show that divorced itself from children, mm. making children any kind of plot point where it was just like grown ups doing stuff, or even right. like you don't have to have little children floating around. Yes, we understand that that's what creates a sense of peril when you're talking about these, you know, ravenous, unstoppable hordes. And then there's like a seven year old hanging out. Right. But we've been there. We've done that. Either give us something new with our seven year old. If this little girl comes back and she is like a Walker murdering machine because she's been hanging out with Negan for three years and he's just been teaching her how to kill shit. I would welcome it. If she is just a silent little death robot that just comes in and is just like, bit, 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 headshot, 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 headshot. I would be excited about that. The problem there is that she's, then she'd be Judith all over again. Well, they walked that really hard back with Judith. Well, I, you know, I like the fact that we have, instead of having a little kid in peril, we have a savvy teenager, or at least right. what, what seems to be a savvy teenager. Well, Which, we hope. But the problem there is that that evokes Negan and Carl and their interactions. So there's there's a whole lot of retreading here of various aspects of things we liked about the walking dead elements that we liked um so i'm curious to see where they go with it but yeah nice palette cleanser we'll have to see what they do when the show actually debuts in a couple of weeks well the show actually debuted tonight oh was it tonight yeah well there you go all right folks well what did you think? Did you have you checked out the, the Walking Dead Dead City? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? You can let us know. You can find us on the social medias. You can find us on our Patreon account. Should you want to support the show, you can also leave comments there. Uh, Patreon.com. Look up Zompocalypse now. And if you want to support us, that would be great. That would be very cool indeed. You can also give us a review, rate us on the various podcast platforms. That always helps iTunes is the one that ratings seem to really pay people pay attention to. So that's a good place to do it. Any of the places is fine. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, check out our sponsor, the Outbreak Challenge, outbreakchallenge.com. We should do another race here relatively soon, guys. I think I'm ready to do one that's maybe a little more challenging. 
I'm down 30 pounds, gang. They've got wow. they've got uh, more challenging races. We can we can dive. I'm into much that. less round. All right, folks. Well, we appreciate you listening as always. Dustin, thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And thank you for listening, folks. We will see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.